Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. My name is Sandy and I am your host. Um, and I'm very excited for my guest in the lounge this week, uh, Vicky Bikes, Vicky Balfour. But we call her Vicky Bikes. That's her name on Instagram, so that's what we call her. Is that where we've got to as humanity these days? Um, I actually met Vicky and her family uh, in Dakla, which is somewhere in the Western Sahara. Um, I, me and my girlfriend went there on a windsurfing trip and we, we met her and her family who were also staying at the same place. Um, we actually had some mutual friends, so we just got chatting. Um, and as we talked about in, in the podcast a lot... Um, uh, Vicky's daughter Cece is is disabled and one of just just a, a ray of light and just such a fun person um, and yeah me and me and Heidi kind of latched on to uh, Cece and, and Vicky and her family for the week and we hung out a lot together um, and, and at the time my girlfriend said you should really get Vicky on the podcast to talk about uh, all the stuff we did we did talk about um, and it just didn't it, it just yeah I just got a bit lazy last year with the podcast, but I'm really excited to finally have sat down with her um, and recorded this episode. Um, so Vicky, after a long career in the city, everything, she was a stay-at-home mum for a while, and then she discovered mountain biking, and now she runs um, kind of a, a thing called Mindful Mechanics. So it's all about teaching uh, people to repair their own bikes and also realising that fixing your bike is also kind of therapeutic and, and a, a form of therapy essentially, a way of kind of fixing yourself while you're fixing your bike um, and she kind of does does a load of stuff within the mountain biking industry, sort of goes to all the festivals, works at those as a mechanic, um, takes people out on, on rides, just an all-round great person and a great ambassador for the sport. I'm not a mountain biker myself um, but it was just great to chat to, to Vicky about this. She's also had her own own struggles with mental health um, that she's very vocal about as well um, and just great to get a different perspective on a kind of on a on an extreme sport um you know usually people in extreme sports look a certain way behave a certain way act a certain way um and vicky is very much the antithesis of that so it was great to just discuss being a parent how she balanced that with her own passions kind of losing herself for a little bit um you know struggling with her own mental health and now from forming mindful mechanics into you know creating a life that she gets to be vicky as well as mum and wife and, and everything like that um, so yeah just just a great podcast with a great person um, yeah I hope you guys enjoy listening and get something out of it um, as much as I did recording it um, anyway that's it on with the episode Vicky Bikes, we finally yeah. did it. We finally did it. We got this. As we were just saying before I hit record, uh, we, we met, for context, we met in, in Dakla, Western Sahara, best place I've ever been to. We met there um, last April. And at the time, my girlfriend, Heidi, said to me, you should really get Vicky on the podcast. And as I was saying, I was very lazy. So I'm glad we're, we're less. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite taken me a year, but it's taken me a long time. But I'm very, very pleased you're here. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. And yeah, and time, 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 things come around when they're meant to be. It's, yes, uh, exactly. Time. No point ever rushing anything. No, absolutely. And time, time is also mildly terrifying that it's been nearly, <laughs> nearly a year since that trip. I feel like it was yesterday yeah. still. I know. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But then you have to do like that gratitude thing of actually sit down and think what we've both done and achieved and accomplished within that time and then suddenly you go okay all right then yeah it's fine that's a good point actually it's so easy people are so quick to do the whole 
life is so short and where does the time go and all this. But sometimes Mm. actually I'm like, whilst life is short and you know when it's it's horrible when you hear someone dying and things like that and it does make you it does make you do that it does mm-hmm. make you go god life is short but at the same time like when you say it like that i kind of i don't i don't think we give ourselves credit enough for things like that yeah. you know if, if i actually yeah. do sit down and go what have i done in the last 10 months i'm like there's at least five things that i can be like pat on the back sandy well done yeah. but i don't do i don't do that instead i go oh crap where has where's the time gone what about you know I think it's very easy to kind of have that negative confirmation when you when you think like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, I've got a funny one. I'm sort of so I'm I'm, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to turn 48. My kids are approaching sort of significant birthdays. So like my son's about to turn 20. Cece's just turned 17. My parents are beginning to get a bit sort of older and more more unwell and things and various people have died. And I, yeah, so I've been like, shit, where the hell has the last 20 years gone? But then when I actually sit down and I sort of thought about it and I thought, well, is there any way I could live my life differently at the moment to make the most of every second? And it's like, no, I can't. So therefore I have to accept that time is going to pass and I just have to extend the gratitude to 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 sort of thinking about and enjoying and relishing what we're doing with our days and our time. Um, and I actually found that quite reassuring. It was, um, it's still scary getting older, but, it's, yeah. um, but it is, it makes you appreciate it far more. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they say it would like, I think this is a quote from, from the office, but I'm sure it's from something far more intelligent, but it's, you, you <laughs> never, you never, you know, you know, I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you're yes. like what you know after you've left them and it's funny i remember like my my first couple of seasons teaching windsurfing i was like whilst i was kind of enjoying it you're also kind of yearning for that sort of turning 18 and finishing school and things like that when i was at 19 yeah. 20 and then when i get a bit older i'm like oh I, w- I wish i was back kind of just doing seasons and not caring and things like that and it, it's only really now that i'm starting to be like now nah, you you're doing all right mate you you know yeah. that was a good that was a good time and now this is a new time and we've got new things yes. to focus on but it's bloody hard to get to that point you know it is it is it's um yeah it is but it's yeah it's all yeah we're lucky we're healthy it's absolutely um <laughs> i realize we completely skipped this vicky can you uh, just Briefly introduce yourself to, to, to the audience. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and kind of what you do. Yeah, so I am Vicky. I run, I run, I'm founder of Vicky Bikes. So basically for going right back, I used to work in PR. We lived in London. I was never particularly happy. I had two children. Um, I did for, yeah, I did. I had prenatal and then postnatal depression with my son and then sort of so my whole sort of anxiety journey and my mental health journey started a long way back but yeah and that's important because then when our daughter Cece was born we found that well I'd just been made redundant at work which I was fighting the legal battle over that until literally the week before she was born then she was born and we found that actually she was disabled um and our son had had life-threatening allergies from birth. So I'd sort of waltzed into my GP and sort of said, oh yeah, she's great. And the GP said no. So anyway, long story short, I spent 12 years as a stay-at-home mum and um, 
really just became that became my whole identity I was sort of a wife a mom our kids had various problems and about six years ago I really began to lose it um and so at the same time I discovered mountain biking and I decided to train as a bike mechanic and then I've now gone on I now write about mechanics I'm a writer um I'm a speaker I teach bike mechanics and Vicky Bikes is very much about sort of teaching mindful mechanics this idea that actually when you learn to fix your bike you're fixing yourself as well um so yeah sorry that's a very um (laughs) slightly uh slightly all over the place you will have to bear with me I am perimenopausal and um, I haven't started the HRT yet and my brain fog is slightly bonkers so uh, yeah which is the whole other bit of um a bit of an important thing to talk about but maybe not right well now. that's yeah, yeah. That, that goes back to what we were saying that's 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 time you know you you realize you're in yeah. that phase of your life and you know it's I mean this is one of the things with this podcast and one of the reasons why also I'm so interested to talk to you because I'll never know this because I'll never be a stay-at-home mom I might be a stay-at-home yeah. dad one day yeah you know um and that that's actually one place that I'd really like to start with obviously mm. I've met I've met your I've met your kids when we when we were there I met Cece who you know uh, I don't know if whether we latched onto her or she latched onto us, but we had a great week hanging out with her um, oh, in, in April. Yeah, a, a complete joy of uh, a joy, uh, you know, uh, a ray of light and stuff. But I can imagine, I can imagine, you know, being a stay-at-home mum and looking after her all the time, and 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 Henry as well, and and all this. I imagine I, my mum was a stay-at-home mum for quite a few years as well, um, and I can imagine it's difficult. And one thing I've always wondered with it is. Um, do you think there's a bit of societal pressure from the everyone has to succeed and be a CEO these days? Do you think that affects um, people being stay-at-home mums and feeling like they shouldn't do that when actually, realistically, that's a more valuable and harder job than anybody else? Um, ha- did, like, did that yeah. did that play in, did that play into you? Um, you know, uh, having having mental troubles at all, or is that a thing? No, I think it is a thing. I think it's and definitely. So I was at school and uni and growing up and things through the sort of well I was born mid 70s so through the 80s and early 90s um, and it was very much women could have it all and Mm. nobody nobody sort of actually sat down and said well okay they can have it all but something has to give Um, so I think partly I think yes partly I think the societal thing and I remember the day that I actually started getting carers allowance for looking after Cece, I suddenly felt validated. I felt mm. seen. And this is a tiny amount of money, but it was literally somebody saying, will you have a role? So mm. yes, I think there is, but I think it's, I think it is hard, but I think it's more just actually the role of a carer. You, you become, you are literally putting other people's lives ahead of yours mm. and you just, it, you just get lost and it becomes habit for everyone in the household. So it, it's sort of like, well, you're the one at home. Therefore you cook the food, you go to the supermarket, you, if I need something in the middle of the day, I phone you and you drop everything and do it. And it's, it's soul destroying. Mm. It's really soul destroying. And then if you add in, so Henry had, um, he was undiagnosed autistic um, and he, he, he really struggled as a child, really struggled. So ironically, I had Cece, whose needs were far greater, but she was in a school that was right for her, um, whereas for a long time, Henry wasn't. And actually, funnily enough, me discovering mountain biking and retraining as a mechanic 
coincided with him going to changing to a local school who were it was rough but it was amazing and it taught him so much and suddenly it, it de-escalated everything because they looked after everything rather than me getting phone calls I mean he always jokes I do have PTSD from getting a school phoning me to say pick up your son or do this or mm. do that or whatever and it was just yeah it, so there's a lot of things that that sort of contributed to it I don't know if a if a stay-at-home mum of neurotypical kids without any problems, maybe they, who aren't married to a doctor who's working ridiculous hours, maybe they would be fine. <laughs> I don't know. But for me, yeah. it was just, it was just kryptonite. It just didn't, yeah. It, it really, and we really, I really had to break down for it to rebuild. And thankfully we've, we've rebuilt it, so... Well, that's, that's, a ver- that's a fairly common theme with everybody I've spoken to who has had all, all manner of you know mental health struggles is they mm-hmm. and in, including myself I, I needed to hit that point where mm. I'm on the phone to my mom in tears being like I, I don't want to be here anymore to yeah. then be able to get get to where I am now where I still have bad days and things like that yeah. but now you know I've always said what was a bad month to, became a bad week became a bad day became a bad morning you know yeah and yeah. And, and that's through uh l- largely um awareness but I I very much needed to to get to that the bottom first mm-hmm. which i think can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow for people and i don't necessarily think everybody has to do it but there's definitely a correlation there because everybody i've spoken to who's had struggles have said the same thing so it's interesting yeah. that you've said that um as well and and to be honest with the the, the people i've had on the podcast so far you are you know I, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say it, i haven't had that many women on the podcast not out of not out of choice, but just the, the people I've been speaking to. And l- largely it's me coming from a men's mental health point of view, but now I'm kind of really trying to open that up. Um, so it's it's very interesting that you, who are fairly dr- dramatically different uh, circumstances yeah. to other guests, yet there's still a correlation there, um, yeah. which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, we're, we're all far more similar than we think we are, I think. Oh, gosh, and yeah. It's, it's, and that's, that's, I love the connections between people between people and that I think that was one of the things that that when we met you guys I really felt was this wonderful mm. connection that despite all the differences in our lives there were there was just this humanity that connected us and that yeah. was brilliant and yeah I love it absolutely love it when you were I suppose this is a a, a silly question to ask, but when you were, um, you know, this, a stay-at-home mum and things, before you discovered mountain biking, did did you have anything um, in your life that you kind of liked doing just for yourself, or was there simply not time for that? Yeah, I did. I loved sewing, um, okay. so I'm a dressmaker as well. So awesome. I really and I still enjoy it. But I, actually, one of the things I realised that has come in the sort of the, the six years since then and since the mountain biking and so on is I feel like almost I've gone back to who I was as a youngster mm. um, and that side of me has come alive and I actually realized that part of the problem when I was staying at home was I was trying to be somebody I wasn't mm-hmm. I was trying to fit into so many so many other sort of niches that I really wasn't and it was just so and because of our kids we didn't fit in we were quite isolated or we were very isolated socially and so on and it was very very lonely and so I was constantly trying to compare myself and change myself to be like the people around me and it didn't work and I think it was that that freedom to go and I and I 
I remember it so clearly the moment I felt the bike shift under me when I first started mountain biking and we were in Greece on holiday and and I felt the bike skid and I suddenly felt this awakening of who I'd been Mm. as a teenager and I was like she's who I need that's who I need to be and it was it, it still progressed I still sort of got worse from there but I clung on to that girl and got back to her so yeah it's it is it is interesting so yes so and now I still sew but I do different kinds of sewing yeah 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 that's that that is like that's really and that's another thing that's so common as well is you kind of people people get away from their kind of interest and stuff because they're everyone always there seems to be this thing where hobbies are only for children yeah. You know, because one, once you're an adult, once you're an adult, you, you should be too busy to have a hobby and things. And actually, mm-hmm. I think that's where so many people struggle um, is is because they they have that kind of childlike enthusiasm for something essentially taken away from them, whether it is yeah. sewing or perhaps, you know, that even even like just guys going out and playing five a side football where they did it when yeah. they're kids and now they don't. And like when I worked in a leisure center for a few years in between me um doing seasons as a windsurfing instructor i used to see these guys come in and play football and they're doing it i've got no interest in football hate it hate the whole yeah. culture of everything i mean it's rubbish but i saw them and then they'd leave and they're all sweating they're carrying a the boat and they all they all look so happy and i'm like yeah. i'm it's funny reflecting on it now and i'm like that's that was really cool it was awesome yeah. and i i think so yeah. many and, and it's also really sad that i wonder sometimes do they go home and do they get shit from their partner for going out and doing that or going and doing this. And sometimes I'm like, that it's such a shame if they do, because I feel like everyone should be given some time yeah, from yeah. loved ones, from work, from everything yeah. to, to go and pursue something they enjoy. I'm not saying they have to go and do it every day, but I, I think that's a huge part of, of, of my, um, not to make it about myself, but talking from my experiences, like for me, having uh, windsurfing as like a thing through my mental health, anything I knew if I saw like some, some good lines on the forecast, I was like, here we go. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I knew that, that I knew that day I could just get out of my head. And yes. I think pe- people just, people just don't have, don't have that. Um, yeah. And, and with that, can you, can you tell me, tell me a bit more about how, you know, this, this moment you said where the back wheel skid out and you all, I, I imagine you kind of had this like childlike bit of adrenaline where you're like, that was fun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because so I I grew up sailing. Uh, right. Every holiday was sailing. As we got the boat bigger, the boats got bigger. Eventually, we were crossing the channel. We were just, and so I had a very very low key holidays, and it was very free and just out in nature the whole time. It was brilliant, and I sort of I would cycle to my boat and things right from on my own from a young age. I had a lot of freedom and independence. Um, and I raced dinghies and um, and I got into sailing lasers because so when I was young, we girls weren't allowed to sail lasers. That was it. It was not a class for girls because we didn't they didn't have we were overpowered. They put boys our age in weight vests, but they wouldn't put girls in them. And then so when I came back to I know it's, I can see your face. It's like this is the 80s. It was bonkers. It was we were given toppers boys had lasers um, but then they developed the radial rig so on holiday it was great I could suddenly start sailing a laser and it had a radial rig and I would I would wait till it was on the cusp of them closing the beach and I'd be like right that's it I'm going sailing now I want the adrenaline I was 
all about the adrenaline. And then, um, then yeah, I, we tried sailing as a family, but it's we now live in Kent and it's very, very tidal mm. um, and sort of estuaries and things. So you, basically the sailing club that we were going to join, because it was a proper family club, you were expected to do race duty and galley duty and all of this. And then Al, my husband, plays competitive tennis. So I worked out that for me to actually, I would only be able to, with the tides and all my duties yeah. and Al doing his thing, I would actually go sailing once every three months. <laughs> I was oh, just like, wow. well, that's not going to work. No. So that was, yeah, so that was why when I felt this bike go, I was like, this is the same as planing. This feels like planing on a laser and I can do this within 10 minutes. Mm. I don't need to go off for a whole day. I don't need to wait for the tide. I don't need to wait for all of this. So, um, yeah, so that was that was basically where that sort of adrenaline just sort of, yeah, started coming from. And I was like, it was the it was the combination of being able to get the high <laughs> that I was seeking, get the freedom, mm. reconnect with my youth and be able to do it all just like that without having to wait for anything. That was perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Um and I think I remember I remember we spoke about it um, when we when we were together last year um, and we talked a little bit about mountain biking. And for, for me, I've got loads of friends that do it and they're obsessed with it. I think it is one of those things that, you know, people who do water sports and that do depend on conditions. There's kind of yeah. a few there's a few sports that all my friends seem to have found and they are <laughs> uh, climbing um, Brazilian jiu jitsu or or mountain biking. And that's what yeah. everyone seems to have found purely because you don't, you don't need that many things to line up and, you know, you can yeah. walk to it. And, and, but those that go mountain biking for, for me, I'm like, um, I, I just don't think I'm up for it. I'm not, I'm not willing to to fall. I, I don't want to cycle into a tree. I don't want to do all this, but you, I think you've, you've also written posts about it on your Instagram and things about how it, it's not all about kind of, being super extreme mm. and like taking it to the highest level and because a lot of the time and this is i think a big problem with extreme sports and action sports is because of that because of the very nature of the sport the high high end of the sport anyway it alienates 90% of people because they're like i don't want to go down a, a rock you know a cliff on a bike yeah. you know yeah might, totally and, and then you yeah. they can't and and then you can't relate to the the athletes you watch doing it because you're like well that's just nuts i'm not interested whereas you watch someone throwing a basketball into hoop from far away you're like i might be able to do that one day and yeah. i don't have to risk i don't have to risk my life to do it so yeah. as as you've progressed in the sport and then uh, you know and please do start going into what you do at mindful mechanics and i love what you said there about fixing it and fixing yourself and things but mm -hmm. but before that yeah t tell me a little bit about your relationship with that kind of extreme side of the sport and and how you've navigated that yeah so it's and this is it, I'm really glad you asked about it because it's something that I that I've tried to that I, I wrestle with so I wrestle a lot with my with social media and things because it shows it's far easier to get a really wow photo of somebody jumping at doing a gap jump or the kind of extreme things you're talking about whereas and they're all very man-made. They're easy places to get to. So for me, um, so the kind of mountain biking I love is very much natural, techie terrain, fairly steep. I love steep stuff. I don't have that much of it locally, but it's but I like really natural steep tech. I just it, it's 
backcountry. It's just getting out there. Yeah. But it's not very easy to photograph. It doesn't look particularly attractive. Somebody would look at you and the way the camera flattens everything, it doesn't yeah. look that impressive. Um, so I do have this real thing about, um, about the fact that I want people to see that you don't have to go and do gap jumps and so on. And it's, it's really interesting because now that I'm learning to wing foil, it's again, it's really similar. It's sort of, I tried kite surfing. I've tried gap jumps. Neither of them are for me (laughs) (laughs) because I know, know there are people who find the kind of riding that I do scary but actually I'm very much more in control so it is all about control for me so yes I'm going down something really techy and steep but I have I've taken a lot of time to learn the skills so that I know how to move my body move the bike control the bike um but it's not about just send it I can't I'm not a just send it rider and that's probably why the kite surfing didn't work for me whereas the wing foiling does Mm. um but it's yeah so i yeah so i am i am an extreme sports person but i'm probably an extreme sports person in a very controlled way <laughs> it's um but it's i still get that buzz and i get but it's and i still it's it's about sort of doing something that completely takes control of your mind and yeah. you have to focus on and that's probably actually where the like the gap jumps there's that time in the air where i'm not completely absorbed in the in the process and that sort of that might be part of the issue why I don't like them but um yeah but yeah it's yeah yeah having having I imagine yeah you're going going down something super steep you you can't then stop to think about your problems as well you know think about what what happened yesterday things that you do have to be so so focused I think that's what's so wonderful about all these different sports um yes and then also what you mentioned very very briefly there about actually being out in nature and I I don't know what there is to it. There's something to it for me. It's the, for me, it's the sea, but I know people get it from the mountains. People get it, you know, you get it yeah. from the, the being out in the trails and, and up the hill and things like that. You know, it's, yeah. there's, there's something about, you know, looking out there when even, even when you're sitting in the sea, I, I did a podcast with a woman called Eski Britain, who's an Irish big wave oh, surfer. Yes. I've read yeah. her book. She's, oh, brilliant. I love her. She's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So I, I had her, so cool. yeah, I had her on the podcast a couple of years ago and, um, she talked a lot about which obviously surfing related, but she talked a lot about the space between the waves mm. and actually, actually that's, that's where you find the most kind of peace and satisfaction. And, and that, that's, that's where the magic yeah. really is. Actually, it's yeah. not about, it's not about you kind of catching the wave and the thrill of you riding the wave. It's when you paddle back out after and, and you're just yeah. sitting and you're just sitting there on your board and you're like, this, this is the magic bit. Yes. Um, yeah. And that stuck that stuck with me ever ever since she said that to me and it's I, i've applied it not just to surfing but even even windsurfing for, for me and the without being too kind of ego the certain level i've reached with windsurfing and the tricks and stuff just sailing along doesn't really do it for me i'm kind of sailing along to yeah. set up the next trick yes. but even you know since she said that now i kind of even when i'm just sailing along and i look around and my mates are sailing i i try and get into my brain to be like this is still pretty good this is yeah. still all right you know um, and I try, it's a constant battle for me, especially now because I have reached a certain level, I beat myself up when I don't perform to that level. Yes. And I wonder whether, yes. I wonder whether that happens yeah, with you. Cause I know you, you said with the techie stuff and I'm quite, mm. I'm quite fascinated by the fact that when we do improve at something, our expectations of success change yes. with our level, you yes. know? So I imagine totally. the first, the first time you went mountain biking, you probably went, 
along a road and may, maybe up a little hill and down a little hill and you were yeah. like, it was amazing. Whereas yes. now, I, I, perhaps if you're teaching someone, you might still get a bit of a thrill. But if you were to just do it yourself, you'd probably yeah. be like, this is not, um, yeah, did I really come out all the way for this? Yeah. Or, or, or maybe maybe you did. No, I, I, mean, I wonder whether you can speak to that. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because actually, so, so with my mental health journey, what I've done a lot of the time is begun to notice my negative thought patterns and things like that. And, um, and actually, this is where I now recognize that when I get that dissatisfied feeling, or if I'm not progressing, because yes, I one of the reasons I do the sports I do, is because I love learning. And I have this thirst to progress I always want to there's always something and I've like you say I've I've come to terms with the fact that it's healthy for me to have a goal that I'm constantly working towards I know that the minute I stop having a goal I might as well give up the sport mm. because there's no drive and it's um so yeah so there is that negative you get that negative thought process and you get that sort of oh I didn't do that so well or whatever, but then I just, then I'd flip it on its head and I say, well, a year ago, mm. how did you feel about that feature or how did you, and that's where actually with, so with local trails, okay, the conditions can change, but they pretty much stay the same. And our local trails are quite gentle. They're fun. They, I love them because they're my home trails, but mm. some people might come and ride them and go, well, this isn't much, is it? Mm. <laughs> it's, but I adore them. But I just, I look at it and go, well, I'm still working towards that, or I'd like to do that a bit better. And a year ago, that really terrified me. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, so I think it is, I think you have to start <clears throat> noticing, like Eski's saying, you have to start noticing when is it a broken thought pattern? And when is it, a yeah when is it actually you know what this is pretty good and I'm out with my friends or I'm out on my own I'm in nature I've got this bike yeah it's um so I think there are definitely ways around it but yeah of course there are always days when you're like oh just this is pointless <laughs> so, yeah but I normally don't actually end up out the house <laughs> when it's yeah. when it's like that I'll have I'll have not gone out the front door to go for a ride but it's like oh well the only place I can go is the local I can't be bothered yeah and that's that's daft but yeah and often often it stays like that where you you don't want to go the most that actually you leave with the most satisfaction yeah, which is totally. there's definitely something there but you you definitely do I've, I've listened to loads of people talk about it in that you you literally do have to like rewire your brain to, to get rid of these negative thought patterns you know yes. you do it, it it's like um it's like muscle memory you know when you, if you learn to do something with your body and and then you yeah. realize you've been doing it wrong whether it's you know a tennis serve or something like that and you go oh shit i've been doing it wrong and then you almost have to yeah i think mm -hmm. it's a yoda, it's a yoda quote you've got to unlearn to and uh, yeah you must unlearn <laughs> what you have learned so you, you've got to yes. kind of unlearn that and, and i think you've got to do that with your brain as well you, you know you do have to reset the kind of yeah. chemicals whatever they're doing in there you have to go right no yeah. actually we're, we're not going to take this route we need to come back and realize yes. you know look around take stock and i think breathing well for me breathing helps a lot with that is actually taking taking a minute and just like closing my eyes and just a couple of deep breaths realize where breath you are is, yeah i've learned breath work i've done a lot of this year and it's really um oh it's amazing it's changed transformed everything i really yeah. love 
sort of conscious breath work it's um it's that it is it's it's about teaching especially those of us with mental health problems i mean my brain just goes into like spiral free fall or whatever mm. and just taking it back to the breath just it, it well it engages your parasympathetic nervous system so it, it does calm you but it also just gives you one thing and I, when I was really really ill um I remember Al saying to me all you have to try and do is one thing a day that's mm. it if that thing is putting your clothes on fine you've done it Love you've that. achieved it and it's sort of just one thing that's all and um and it's the same with the breath I think it's just it's just that calming thing of all I have to do is focus on my breath and mm. when my mind wanders I come back and that breath will keep going um yeah but yeah. yes it is it's really important well it it, it it for me like as well it um it, it brings you back to your body like when mm. you when, when i get when i get really anxious and stuff i start doing this with my hands for anyone for anyone listening which is all of you yeah um i i kind of start like rubbing my own rubbing my hands together yes. like this yes I start, yeah me too i start, yes. I, start I, I kind of do that and things and then but it, it it becomes like automatic where it's it's subconscious i don't really know i'm doing okay. it so then if I kind of, you know, almost snap a little bit and I go, Oh, I, I realize what I'm doing. And then I go, right. Yeah. Big deep breath. And I'm like, Oh, right. So that's, you know, Sandy kind of comes back in and I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Right now. How do I, how, how do I sort of go about this and, and get myself mm-hmm. normal? I t- I've talked a lot about it recently. I bought, I bought a pair of, uh, well, I have a pair of AirPod pros, uh, headphones yeah. and, and they're like, they're, they're my thing. I'm like, right, cool. In, put them in noise cancellation and i'll yeah. put my put the book i'm listening to on or put a song on or something uh, yeah. and kind of sit and breathe for a minute and i'm like right cool i'm i come back to myself and, and then as you said then i can go right you know whatever simple task that's <laughs> made me have a bit of a meltdown i can be like <laughs> right i can i can then i can then go back to that and i yeah. love that i love that that that's what al said and that was that was something that i was also doing when um when I was really struggling as well, where I was like, yeah. and even, even now, sometimes I do it. If I'm having a shit day or anything, I, I do kind of go, right, let's, let's go back to like the base, the base achievements of what I can achieve, mm-hmm. what I can do today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Completely. and I start, yeah. And it's just one, 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 one bit at a time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've started doing it with work now. If I have a bad day, I think I posted about it the other day. I was like, um, yeah, someone asked me a question saying, you know, motivation, what what do you do and things like that. And more recently, I'm like, I'm just going to send one email and then I can finish for the day. Yes. But usually, but usually after I've sent that one email, I'm like, oh, productive, tick something off the yeah. list. And I'm like, maybe I'll send another one. And I do that yes. and I'm like, cool. And then before I know it, it's five o'clock. And actually I've done a day of work. I've gone out and exercised and, and I've achieved. And I'm like, okay. There we go. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I can show. You, I can show you my rock that my mum made for me. It says <gasps> one game, one game at a time. Oh, yes, that yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, and, that's exactly it. It's, and then it says yeah. fuck it on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my favourite saying is you can eat an elephant one mouthful at a time, and that's <laughs> I live by that. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's just, just one more mouthful. Yeah. Eventually, I don't care how long. And I think that's actually what having the kids we've got. Has, has really taught me um, is that there's no time limit on anything. No. You just become who you need to become when you need to become them. You don't need, I mean, CC17, she's an amazing, as you know, she's an amazing person. She brings so much to the world. Mm. She can't do maths. So what? She doesn't yeah. know. She's beginning to read and that's amazing. Um, 
but she, the hell, there's a completely valid reason that she's on this planet and she brings so much to people. So what if she can't do her maths? It doesn't matter. As long as we can keep her safe and as long as somebody doesn't take advantage because of that. Mm. But that's fine. That's our job. And those around her mm. always will be their job. But it really brought it home to me. And I've, I mean, I cannot stand like face brag and the sort of the parenting. I really, I've never had children that that fell into the right categories to be on there. So I just sort of, mm. I just absent myself from it. But I'm just far more about well, actually, we had a really good time together. We just really enjoyed that or we've gone and done that or and it's I mean, it is it's about our individual values. Other people will value different things and other people will think that I'm bonkers for thinking like that. But I just think there's no point. You're only going to cause mental health problems if you try and force people to be other than they are. And, yeah. that, and that's the same if we do that to ourselves. So, uh, yeah, um, clip that. Yeah. That's, that's it. That was. Yeah. That's perfect. That's that's yeah. That, that's exactly true. Is yeah. yeah. People, people, I think that's where that's where the sum of so many people's um, issues come from, especially. And I think they do start at childhood when they're trying to, you know, yeah. dad's dad's trying to mold the son into what he wants them to be, or mum's trying to, you know, make them do this. And I, th- I think it's so difficult. And I'm I'm very very lucky that neither of my parents did that either. Um, yeah. You know, my, my dad wanted me to go to uni a little bit more than my mum, but ultimately didn't care at all. He was like, "Well, as long as you find something you enjoy doing and stuff." Yeah. yeah. My mum, my mum, the whole time was like, "Go and be, go and be a bin man, and if you're happy, I don't care." No, no offense to any men who are out there, any people out there who 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 are bin men. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, my mum was the same. My mum was always, and again, no offence to anyone who works in Tesco, but my mum was like, but there's always Tesco. It's fine. You can always get a job. Yeah. Just as long as you can pay your bills, that's all that matters. It's yeah. actually, I mean, oh, I tell you, talking of dream jobs, we were in um, we were in Chamonix recently skiing and I went to the Decathlon Mountain Store. That is my dream job. That shop is just, I was just like, oh my God, this place is just so inspirational. All the sports you can do, all the kit, and all these people coming in and going off to do other sports. I was just like, oh, you know what? That's what I'm going to do when I retire. Yeah. Go, go work in a decathlon. work there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a, a peaceful life, I imagine. Um, yeah. So, so leading that on to, um, you know, mindful mechanics and the, the work you do there, mm. um, can you kind of, and, and again, I'll, I'll repeat what you said at the start of the podcast, where you said, you know, you, it's, it's about, uh, you know, fixing your bike, but also realizing that by doing that, you're also fixing yourself. And, and, and I've never fixed a bike, but I imagine there's an awful lot of satisfaction with fixing anything, you know, or, yeah. or, or completing a task. So I, I can imagine it's very therapeutic, but can you go into how, how that all started and the, the, from what I've seen, you know, the, the community that you've built around it. Um, and yeah, yeah. explain all that. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, oh, it, it's so, so basically when people, there's a lot of fear, especially for women mm. and some men as well. There's a lot of fear around mechanics. It seems like this whole mystical dark art. And literally when you say the word fear, uh, you can feel your, mm. your breath ramping up and your shoulders are going up. Yeah. And you can start thinking. And so actually it's about learning that you can control those emotions and you can actually learn to do that job. So you've not only learned to control your body and your mind, you've then begun to learn. And I always sort of say, look, just start with one thing. Again, again I'm back to my one thing, aren't I? It's just like, just learn one job on your bike. Come to me for an hour. I'll teach you one thing. 
Mm. Go away, practice it, get really comfortable with it, and then we can do the next one. And obviously, I mean, it's not practical for a lot of people to do one hour. So we do do stuff. But I'm very much about small wins, small wins, just Mm. build them up, build them up. And it is, it's about sort of, and then you, again, it's like any kind of feature or trick or whatever in our sports. If you've learned to do that one thing that you thought you couldn't do, the world's your oyster. How many other things can you do that you yeah. thought you couldn't do? It's sort of, and it is, and it's so for me, it was sort of when I started, I, I hate, I'm fiercely independent and I don't like being dependent on other people. So I wanted to understand. And it's, and again, a bit like when you're, you're in your actual sport, when you're working on a bike, you have to focus on what you're doing. Mm. Um, and you have to really think it through. You have to be very methodical, very logical. And it does, it just totally takes you away from everything else. It's, it's, it's really calming. It's really mindful. So um, yeah, so it is. And it's, and just that sheer, yeah, that confidence of knowing that you've overcome something is brilliant. Mm. Um, I'm just going to let the dog out. That's it. Cece's care has just arrived. So (laughs) yeah um yeah so it is very much it's that sort of yeah and and I I mean I really I trained in a bike shop I'm very much I love communities around local bike shops I'm really pro bike shops but as a bike shop mechanic there are tools that are really expensive that an individual mechanic can't necessarily buy Mm. um, or doesn't want to buy and actually they tend to be really interesting jobs that local bike shops really want to do so that's great that's a win-win you do the stuff you can do at your home you can look after your bike um but then you can pass other stuff on and for some people it's literally just about choice it's Mm. it's actually it's empowering to know that if you want to do it you can and if you don't want to do it fine there's nobody forcing you to do it but just knowing having that choice um and I suppose the final thing is just the independence. It's sort of, I remember as a youngster cycling and thinking, do you know what? I don't have to ask anyone else for a lift somewhere. I can just cycle. Yeah. And and it is still, it's, I mean, we live just off route one of the National Cycle Network and it goes all the way to Scotland. And wow. I am so tempted to just come out my house, turn left and go to Scotland. One <laughs> day I'll do it. One day I will. I will be like, where is she? And you'll go to my Google location and go, how'd she get there? She's in Scotland. Yeah, yeah I'm in Scotland. It, might, it goes through Inner Leithen, one of my favourite places. It goes through Inners. And just that'd be so cool to just oh, like you do it. I imagine I imagine you'd find plenty of people that would want to come with you. I will yeah. I'll I'll meet you in Scotland. I won't come on the bike, but yeah. <laughs> but well, um, you could bring Cece up for me. <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it looks like she's been cycling herself as well. But um yeah. It's, How yeah. do you, as, as well as you kind of fixing it and things, and I, I want to dig it uh, just a little bit more into the the whole women uh, side of it in, in in extreme sports and things. And it's something I've talked about um, on the podcast a lot with with um, pretty much yeah every, every female guest I've had on this this kind of thing has has generally come up. Um, you know, talking about this and it can be such an intimidating space. And generally, through just society. And, and kind of culture, I guess, generally extreme sports, action sports are kind of still associated primarily with men, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I think things have definitely changed, you know, whether it's surfing in the last few years, um, the, the, the pay gap, you know, um, women, women now get the same amount of prize money. Um, 
That's you know, it, you see, you're definitely seeing, you know, even just like the brands, the campaigns and things are a lot, you know, the advertising, the marketing is very different. You know, there are a lot more women present and it's not just women who look like supermodels either, who can't, can't step on a surfboard yeah. or anything. You know, there, there is a lot more um, going on and things. I, I don't really know anything about the mountain biking industry, but I, I do imagine that that is the same thing in that industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's similar. To it's, I mean, I think from my own perspective, having grown up as a sailor, it actually, I felt comfortable. I've oh, always brilliant. had men as my friends. It, it yeah. never, uh, and I feel uh, sexy is the wrong word, but I feel my most attractive when I'm either covered in salt water and salty hair and I'm just sort of in shorts and a t-shirt or likewise when I'm in mountain bike kit and I've been out and I can I can just feel myself glowing and I'm not necessarily attractive for somebody else but I'm attractive for me I'm most in love with myself when I feel like that so it was so again for me in terms of being able to reconnect with myself getting myself into a place where I feel like that is brilliant um and I did I did very much again being a stay-at-home mum I missed I didn't have any well I had friends I've got very good friends who are special needs mums but as mm. I've said other times it's it's really hard you you are so trapped in your own world that you can't necessarily meet up or you're too tired to meet up or what have you so finding a sport where I then made my own friendships was just amazing and and so, I mean I'm about to go to Sedona in Arizona with my mate Tom um because we were meant to go um yeah we were meant to go and race in Africa and then lockdown came and we managed to hold on to our flights and flying to Arizona is the same price as South Africa so it's wow. cool so we're going we're going to um Sedona in a couple in a few weeks and that will be amazing but he's one of my best friends his wife doesn't ride my husband doesn't ride they're both perfectly happy it's mm. it's great so so on yeah on a personal level I've never had a problem and I think I actually enjoy quite male heavy um environments um as a sport yes it's getting a lot better I think my personal problem is that I feel some brands try and create women who are men if you see what I mean and mm. they prioritize and promote the women who do the big gap jumps and the women who do this um and that is what I get really angry with and actually the reason I've chosen to ride a bike called Juliana a a brand called Juliana is because well a I love riding the bike but b I love the way they represent women they Mm. represent women who look like me who ride like me who have similar or feels like they have similar values to me all their ambassadors, I totally, well, I, I'm lucky, some of them I do know, but I completely relate to these women. Nice. And so that's why I've put my money there. And that's what I think brands are missing is that there is a lot of money out there. And yeah, there are some women who, for whatever reason, want to l- sort of mimic the way the men ride. And that's absolutely fine because we're all different. But there is a big chunk of us who just want to be ourselves and ride what we like riding. And we don't give a toss about a six foot gap jump. But actually, we really like to see other women who are working, have kids, have a normal shaped body. who, Yeah, whatever. And it's Mm. I think that's and that's where I really feel that sort of me as a woman in her 40s and eventually as Henry keeps reminding me sooner rather than later going into my 50s. (laughs) It's. I'm just like, actually, I want to see 
women who look like me and my age yeah. doing my kind of riding because we can still go and have adventures they don't have to look like so yeah I'm riding later this year I'm going to ride around Mont Blanc um nice. with a couple with a few other friends and again it and sort of I I tried to get funding to make a film about it a few years ago and people are like well everyone rides around Mont Blanc and it's like really common and and we've done it loads it's like yeah but have you actually done women in their 40s who've taken this much time to coordinate all the stuff for their kids so that they could have five mm-hmm. days away to go and do this? No, you haven't. You've just got some young person who does no responsibilities or is really fit and they can do it in two days or something. And I think that's that's the message that I'm very much trying to bring now is that actually I don't want to see people who don't look like me just like we need to bring in more black brown um lgbtq plus people we need everyone and disabled people everyone needs to be able to see themselves in mm. the in the media we all yeah. do and we're right it's yeah it's so, yeah it's, it doesn't matter if it's the same adventure it's still a different perspective on it yeah you know completely completely yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's um yeah and it's and yeah i bet those people didn't get their son phoning them i mean i remember working at meg avalanche a few years ago and i was in the middle of fixing this bike and so on sort of up in outdoors meg avalanche's big um downhill enduro style mountain bike race um mm-hmm. where you literally go from the top of the glacier down so wow. i was working there and i got a phone call from henry going mom the dog's run away <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to do I'm up a mountain in the Alps. What am I going to do? You're going to have to find him. Oh, no. And then, like, every five minutes, I get a CC ringing, just going, just wanted to hear your voice, mum. And it's like, yeah, okay. And we have to keep being mums. And Mm. that's that's what these other people don't have. I haven't got the luxury of just switching off all everything, especially with the kids I've got. It's um, And I don't want to either because I wouldn't know who I was, who I am without them it's um yeah that's I think that's with my disability parenting hat on that's the thing that I'm most passionate about saying is that that we become better people when we have disabilities and disabled people in our lives Mm. um yeah totally so yeah so it's I think it's yeah that was that was fairly that well just said that that was fairly obvious being in um being, being in being in Dakla with you guys and and CC kind of running around and one thing I kind of noticed of I think there was one day where I was I was just sort of sat in between windsurfing I was just sort of sat on a beanbag with my headphones in and I was just watching and every like for anyone listening yes yeah, CC just goes and just talks to everyone and just has <laughs> a chat. and but everyone she went and spoke to and and like. There's also a thing. Some people don't really know how to deal with disabled people as well. Yeah. And also every, you know, every disability is different as well. And so, so it's mm-hmm. difficult, but Cece just approaches straight away. And there's no, like, she's not nervous or anything like that. I think there's a lot we could all take from her. You know, she's yeah. not nervous. She's not nervous about talking to anyone where a lot, a lot of us who don't have any disabilities are terrified of talking to a stranger, you know, yeah. but everyone, everybody she went and spoke to smiled and gave Cece their best self. Yeah, you know, yes. they gave it's they gave so CC there. I sat and, and I was like, "This is that's pretty cool." And part yeah. of me got me thinking, and th- this is maybe a bit airy fairy, but I was like, "Imagine if we did that with everyone. Imagine yeah. if we did, 
Imagine if we did do that. Imagine if every and and that's that will never happen because people get in bad moods and people are allowed to be in bad moods and people are yeah. allowed to be frustrated. But... And she gets she gets in bad moods too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely sure, and I'm sure it must be must be difficult. And equally, we were in a holiday setting, so everyone is probably already quite relaxed and in yeah. a good mood anyway. You know, if you're in the middle of a busy city, people might have a different reaction to CC walking up and being like, "Hello." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, interestingly, the staff all do. It's um, I mean, what I've learned from watching her over the is is I think what it is is she assumes that everyone is going to be friendly to her so she cuts away we go in with our own insecurities and back to our negative thought patterns if we carry that narrative with us she just goes up and goes hi I'm Cece what's your name where'd you come from what's your favorite color and she just ignores all of that and it's yeah. um yeah it is and it, i mean it's interesting as she's getting older and misunderstanding things there are definitely things that we're having to iron out now but that basic principle of i'm going to meet you on level playing field mm. and just assume that you are going to like me everyone does and it's just yeah it's disarming <laughs> it's um yeah yeah there's definitely something to take from it i think is is you know Mm. yeah like you said getting rid of these sort of notions straight away of like what if they don't like me you know what i mean and and actually there's no reason why they won't you know 99 percent of us are all really nice people we might get stressed sometimes but you know generally everyone i ever i always meet they're always really nice as long as as you're nice to them they're nice to you you know exactly exactly yeah yeah. there was something there was something profound about and, and again, it's one of those things that I perhaps didn't think about at the time, but thinking back to it now, I'm like, I do remember sitting watching that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. You yeah. know, the fact, that, the fact that she was just kind of bouncing around speaking to, to everyone. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go. Something, something that I wanted to, well, moving on, something that I wanted to, um, to chat about just before we finished up while we were, um, I'm sorry, I feel like we're bouncing around a little bit, but um, we were, when we were briefly talking about, you know, women in with the branding and, and things like mm. that. Um, I did a podcast um, a few months ago um, with uh, some professional windsurfers, some of the girls. Yes. Um, yes. Ella, I remember. Ella, 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 Sarah and Elena. And you sent me a really great message about it that was really interesting. And I, I sent it to the girls and they, they mm. you know, I think, I, I can't remember if you guys commented about it. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. It, but... we, we did. We chatted afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So they, 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 I talked to them about, um, you know, they, they're all about kind of taking their sexuality back a little bit. And, you know, they took mm. this, they took, they, they put up this kind of jokey post of, of all three of them topless sitting on their windsurf boards, looking away from the camera. And they were like, if this gets a thousand likes, we'll, we'll turn around or whatever. And I don't think yeah. they ever necessarily had any intention of doing that, but, you know, it was just a, a bit of a joke and, and things like that. And then you sent a really interesting message about how that kind of rubbed you up the wrong way a little bit because, mm. because of and you, you, something you said that actually, I'm interested in is you said because of the kind of generation you were from the way that women were presented then when they were you know not wearing many yeah. clothes and things it was kind of very like objectifying page three nuts and zoo magazine and things like that whereas now it's kind of changed a lot more and the power is back in women's hands with with stuff like that you know perhaps um whereas before yeah I'm I'm, in, I'm interested just just to get a little bit um about yeah about- it's and I still, it was really interesting. And I'm so glad that you asked them about it and that then I went and chatted to them and so on. It's, and I'm still not completely resolved on it. But yeah, so when I was a youngster, so I 
as I said, I grew up sailing. I grew up, my dad worked in shipyards. I was in very, very male environments. Um, but I was always aware that like the, the, the piece of cardboard on the wall that had the peanut bags in had a topless woman behind right. it. You'd go into the garage and their calendar was a topless calendar yeah, or yeah. what have you. And you just, there was just, I mean, obviously I was a child at that point, so it didn't, obviously I didn't feel people looking at me like that but I it obviously sat in there and then my generation we very much fought to get rid of page three models to get rid of the objectifying of women and so when I saw the girls doing that I was like yeah okay if you had just said here we are with our boobs out Fine, but it was the fact that they'd said if we get this many likes, we'll turn right. around. So again, it was that it was that transactional. Transactional, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was really interesting because when I chatted to them, they were I said, but what about those people who are what about those people who are getting off on that? Even though you've said, even though you're controlling it, are you comfortable with that? And they were like, actually, no, we hadn't thought of that that's yeah that's horrible because I think even though we've managed it's a bit it's really it's such I mean I really really want to keep investigating this and working on it and trying to get to a thing it's it's a bit like if we're going to say fine okay get your boobs out what have you women own their own bodies which they do 100% Mm. they do then actually at what point do we say, well, it's fine for those F1 drivers to have scantily clad women next to them when they're on the podium. If those women have said, and and why I find this really hard is I'm completely libertarian. I am pro-legalized prostitution. I'm pro sort of legalized drugs. I'm really, and so that's where I've just got this real, but then I'm also more, yeah, this real conflict because then also I know that the I come from a generation where we didn't talk about periods, we didn't talk about, we definitely didn't talk about menopause. You didn't talk about there's so many things that we didn't talk about, mm. and actually I'm now raising my kids differently. It, it's just I I'm just really interested to see. I'd be really interested to see if I could come back in 50 years' time. Would it be totally different? Because it should just be our bodies are our bodies. We should just be able to wear whatever we want, however we want. But I suppose I, I, it's the transactional side of it yeah. that that makes me angry, and the fact that somebody else is potentially, uh, yeah, where you've got people. I mean, I look at some some accounts where women are mechanics, and the way they've dressed or positioned themselves, I just wonder whether there's something that says hey i'm a sexy looking woman and this is my bike and i can work on my bike i don't know it, that's me putting my own things onto them but it's yeah it's just it, it's really it's really interesting it's the only way we're going to grow and develop and and learn is to actually talk about things and yeah i think that's so, the, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest thing to take away from this and the what I loved so much and one of one of the reasons why I really wanted to highlight it in this is that for people mm-hmm. to take away up from like if you if you don't agree with something on the internet that you see and let's face it you're not going to agree with it because everyone's on there and most of the time people are on there trying to piss people off like <laughs> if you if you in this case it wasn't it wasn't that it was the girls talking no. about their experience and their beliefs but the way I love I love the way you dealt with it in that you just asked rational questions and you were like this is how I was brought up and this is how I think 
but I understand yeah. that this is how they think. And then you guys engaged in a dialogue and talked yeah. about it. I'm like, yeah. it, 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 it's so difficult. And it's, I think it's a, it's an internet problem and it's a social media problem in that we as humans shouldn't be conversing with each other in this nature. You know, even, yeah. even the fact that we're sat here looking at it through a screen, this is as good as it gets without being like, you know, actually yes. together, you know, but even then people don't do that. It's people talking with 10 or 15 words to an anonymous mm. other black screen with some more words on it that then comes back with a response. You know, it's, you're not actually sitting with the person and looking yeah. at them and, you know, getting a discussion with it. So it can be so easy to just dismiss whatever they think. So I think, yeah. I think but the then I suppose, yeah, the flip side to that is that actually the brilliant thing is that because you had engaged with them in a, in a sort of, in, the the rational world of a podcast and the really interesting and we all I mean I love podcasts because you learn and so on mm. I was then able to I wouldn't necessarily come across them in my everyday life I haven't yeah. I've been thinking about these things for a while but I live in an echo chamber yeah so we because do. we all live in them so so actually it was brilliant it was a chance for me and actually that's where the internet's good is because you're able to then create those connections and ask those questions um yeah I mean there's there's but yes equally likewise I've been guilty of falling out over things because I've sent a text rather than actually picked up a phone mm. and spoken to somebody so it's um yeah we're we're all we're all fallible it's well, um, we're, we're yeah, all, I, was, I think we're all we're all a work in progress and the, the moment, yes. moment the moment we real the earlier we, we realize that the, the better I think we're gonna enjoy life in realizing yes. that yeah. actually you know, even even if you do get to a, a certain a certain age that I won't mention here, you know, if you do get <laughs> to that certain age, it's realizing like you, you you've never completed it. And that's also the, the wonder of the, the sports we do, whether it's, you know, for you, mountain biking, for me, windsurfing and, and more recently, Brazilian jiu jitsu. You you also never complete these sports either. There's no. never a point. No. There's never a point where you're like, I've completed it. You might get really, really good at it and you might even win yeah. something, win something one day. But you're never going to get to the point where you're like, right, I've done that. I've completed yeah. it. I can wash my hands yeah. and I can move on to something else. You, yeah. So once you realize that and you learn that from a sport, you can then take that into life and other things. I imagine, actually, I imagine you for you fixing bikes as well, you know, right, you fixed your bike. At some point, the bike's going to break again. Something's going to break <laughs> again, isn't it? Exactly. Totally. It's yeah. totally. And, and especially something so like indexing gears. So the gears, uh, whether the way the chain moves when you shift your gears on the bike mm. is called indexing, sorting that out is called indexing. And it's really um, intuitive. It's mm. hugely intuitive. And it's one of the reasons why I think actually women are very well disposed to be mechanics because it's about all your senses and hearing and so on. And it's um, yeah. And, and you, you can't just say, I do this, it's fine. Um, and it, yeah, it is. I mean, I think, and the other thing I think that I thought came to me while I was talking to you, I remember a while, years ago, seeing depression and anxiety as something I had to beat and I was going to recover mm. from and that was it. And the, in the last year, um, I mean, because like you say, I, I'm in a good place and I've learned a lot of tools in the last sort of four years that, I now use to manage my mental health but a bit like I'm I'm I can't say I'm never going to get flu again but I'm not a flu sufferer and it's it yeah. sort of it, that I won't 
that now I'm, I never say, well, I'm going to, I live with depression and anxiety and I, it comes in waves and I do, and I sort of, but just like I know to keep my immune system strong and not get and try to avoid getting flu, I don't beat myself up when I get it. No. So it's exactly the same with our mental health. It's sort of, and I think the more we learn to just live with this ebb and flow in life, the easier it is to deal with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, and yeah, same with bikes. There's always going to be something to fix. Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be something to fix and, and realizing and realizing that that's okay. And as long as you've got systems yeah. in place, like you said, you fit li- literally you have tools to fix it. Yes. And then with yes. your brain, with your brain, yes. they don't they're not literal tools. Or in some case, they they might be. You know, it yeah. might be. My it might bath be, is pretty literal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, your your bath, my my AirPods. You know, yes. I, I like I, I I do that, and it's yeah. It's yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah, totally. And they're preventative measures as well. Yeah, the of stuff course. You do. Yeah, yeah, completely. Absolutely. Well, completely. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty lovely note um, to, to finish yeah. on there, Vicky. Um, if people want to follow you, if people want to come to one of your, um, one of your sort of courses that you do, or if people want to come along for, go out for a ride with you, connect with you at any of the kind of festivals that you do and things like that, um, where can they find out about what you do? Yeah, so my website is vickybikes.co.uk and uh, Instagram is probably the best place to find me, at vickybikes. And if you want to learn any mechanics and uh, and not have a one-to-one lesson or whatever, that's absolutely fine. I've got a YouTube channel where you can start doing things at home. So again, that's vickybikes, but it's all from the website. But, uh, Brilliant. Just yeah, go and you- try. Yeah, yeah. You'll, be, you'll be able you'll be able to find that in the show notes as well, guys, um, underneath the, the podcast on whatever platform you can you can check out all the links there. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. I hope you all are already anyway. Um, if you go to the link in my bio there, you can also donate to the podcast. That's right. I'm asking for your money. Um, but I appreciate there's a cost of living crisis on. So actually just share the podcast into your story, share some of my posts, give me a follow. Um, it all helps out massively. But if you do want to support, you can do that at the link in bio. I've also got some merch coming soon. So yes. you can just buy with a t-shirt instead with the new logo. Exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. make sure you make sure you check that out, guys. Um, thank you again to Vicky for coming on. Um, and thank you very much, guys, for listening. We will see you for the next one.